Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. Common problem for WWE superstars. Like, they never know how to react to the lights going off. Like, Undertaker made a career out of that. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Why did no one who feuded with The Undertaker over all these years just bring a flashlight down to the room? <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Can you imagine that, like, <laughs> shielding his eyes, like, hissing as he runs away or something? <laughs> like, some goth kid. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another exciting edition of the Super Spark Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your New, New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan, joined by my tag team partner, the rogue of wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this week, Newman? Dude, I'm excited. Things are things are progressing in the world of wrestling. Yes. We got a Did good you know, amount of there was There was a dance-off on SmackDown. Yeah, I a was dance not thinking off. about that. Oh, we had a barbecue on Raw. At a barbecue on Raw? Oh, man. <laughs> Can it get better? It has to, right? I mean, it can't, right? The barbecue on Raw. There was no Roman Reigns. Uh, then we get SmackDown with the dance-off. Uh, I mean, it's just it can't get any better. I, to be fair, though, at least the dance-off led to a match. I mean true but couldn't they have just decided to have a match that is also true but so that's why i put the dance off over the barbecue yeah you know what i don't know i'm, I'm gonna put the barbecue over no actually i'm gonna put the dance off too because the dance off was shorter like shorter just... <laughs> not as awkward yep and led to a match and led to a match but from another perspective, one thing I'm going to praise and be excited about the barbecue for is the. Did you see there was a leak online for the script of the oh, barbecue the promo rules? Mm-hmm. I I glimpsed this, did not look into the details. Did you Did you get down some of the details? Oh yeah, I scoured this motherfucker. It is very interesting and clearly not being used like at all. Because all right. This this sort of thing is just like a basic writing checklist mm-hmm. of like what's the point of this segment? Which first of all, half of WWE segments do not even adhere to this first rule of there like being a point. Second of all, then it's like like what like what about this segment is entertaining? Basically, like it's kind of trying to like what's the what's the angle? Like why is this? And like so- I can't even. Are these the actual questions on this on yeah, this me, promo sheet? Or? Let me try and find it. I'm going to pull it up so we can get the exact okay. wording on this thing. But like, it's some really basic. There's one of them. I remember one of the rules is don't change tense, which is also a very <laughs> like that's what you learn in middle school as far as writing, or elementary school even maybe when you're yeah. just learning what tenses are. Like it's amazing. Um. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know what? Sorry, you know what popped in my head when you said that is <laughs> Bret, Bret Hart's tagline: <laughs> "The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be." It literally ch- changes tense multiple times. <laughs> he just fucks it right in the ass. He's like, "Whatever, I'll change tense whenever I want." <laughs> I'm the hitman, damn it! All right, let's see. Here we go. All right, bullet point number one. What is the premise? Does the promo make sense? Then in quotes, as a standalone and in show totality. So, Joe, what percentage of WWE's promos and segments would you think has a basic premise and makes sense? I mean, I would say a good amount of time they do. Like maybe half? I I would lean towards 75%. Okay, let's lean towards 75% on that. Because you... Mm -hmm. I'm also taking into account the past couple weeks have been bad, but I'm thinking about a good week of Raw. Yeah, I would say you get probably 75 cents that, well, 75 cents, 75% that uh, that follow that rule. All right, bullet point number two. Tell a story, make it entertaining, slash grab the audience's attention, slash big finish. I would say the percentage definitely lowers at that point. Yeah, definitely lowers um, quite a lot. Uh, Because... 
especially with grab the attentions or audience's attention. I feel like there's this yeah. really weird culture in WWE where like for some fucking reason people are not supposed to listen to the audience, which is so stupid. And I don't get it. Cause it's like, I mean, like the back, the audience, they probably... deny, they deny what audience reactions are. They drown out the audio for people's reactions. Sometimes in specific crowds, they specifically say, Oh, these are wacky fans. Their reactions are the opposite of what they're supposed to be. They don't make sense. Like, and then even like, specifically we're in like bizarre world, we're in bizarre world. And then wrestlers will say shit like, Oh, well, it doesn't matter if they're booing or they're cheering just as long as they're making noise. Like, it's this weird backwards idea of they don't understand the part. Like, the audience is trying to help them. <laughs> and they well, don't it's get a it. double standard, right? Because yeah. you've got the, these promo rules that are apparently saying, yes, listen to the audience. Mm-hmm. And then you've got management who's sitting there going, no, we don't care what the audience says. Right. We're I mean, going to do they, our thing. Yeah. And I guess it's like they're, they're, there's probably like a certain idea too that like as long as they're making money, then it's like who cares, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I guess it's one of those things that it's almost really hard or maybe even impossible to quantify how much money they're losing by having baby, Roman Reigns be a babyface versus him being a heel. You know what I mean? It's like how, how could you put that in numbers? Because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that they really truly care about is the numbers, right? Yeah. So then it's like how in the world would you even prove a point like that? I don't know. Well, and numbers, I don't think, matter too much to them now with these TV deals. So, Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's a whole interesting can of worms. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Let me get to the couple of these next points. Uh, rehearse your segment backstage, and if required, in the arena before doors, uh, blah, blah, blah. Check the latest drafts for latest changes. Uh, let's see. All right. Execute VKM, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, notes slash direction. If you find any notes, do not work during in-arena rehearsals or while producing the backstage segment. Then communicate ASAP. Uh, let's see. Time the promos. Talent should not ad-lib. Talent should not ad-lib. Wow. Yeah, and it's... So it's... I was actually looking over the specific, like, script that they had from that segment for, um, like, for the barbecue, for the B-team. Mm-hmm. And, like, it is pretty damn close to like literally word for word what is on a script what happened there because i watched and played back the segment and it's literally just their reading script and like there's even blocking in it too like it's all just straight up 100 percent rehearsed wow yeah you know you always like don't want to believe these rumors sometimes where you're like it can't be that bad in wwe and then something like this comes out yeah, it's just, it's sad. It's really disheartening, you know? And it's 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 almost, it's sad from, like, to me, almost a perspective that, like, you're, you're holding back the talent, right? Like, each one of these talents, like, if, you're, if you force them to actually develop this part of themselves as a performer, you would have a vastly better roster full of talented people. And actually, it's... It's already kind of insane how many fucking talented people they have right now in WWE. I don't know about you. Let me get your opinion on this one. But I think right now, this is the most talented roster they've ever had. Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, think in terms of depth, yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, just like from top to bottom, I feel like they just have like some insanely talented people. But this like really weirdly... Uh, over, overly controlling, overly scripted environment that they have, I feel like it's just super detrimental. But like, I, it's like I can get why they do it because then there's guys like Kalisto who do things like lucha things, and you don't want to have shit like that happen on your TV. Uh huh. But like, I don't think you're ever gonna get another Rock if you script people this much. Like when you hold people back this much, you never get that level of greatness again. Like, it just doesn't happen. So so I pulled this up as well, and I'm wondering if... So this this it says talent should not ad-lib mm-hmm. on the same line that it says time the promo. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's just talent should not ad-lib in terms of going out of the time. I mean, I think it's both. 
Because there's there's definitely I I didn't get to some of the other ones because they're just a little bit um monotonous. But there's a lot of like very specific time things about like if you think your segment's going to go over time or heavy or something, you need to let us know in advance. Yeah. To which also that's kind of a weird one. Like I don't know how many times you're going to know in advance if your segment's going long. Like I feel like that's just kind of how is the crowd reacting? Can I get through my shit? But mm-hmm. I don't know. um, I'm also wondering if um. So this is apparently the writer's in-ring promo checklist. Mm-hmm. This could be that um, it is up to the writers to be like, to go to these superstars and be like, hey, I can just give you bullet points if you want. I mean, I would, I would hope that that's an option, but I feel like looking at these sort of notes, that, that seems like that's very rarely an option. Like, see, I don't know. The thing that the thing that makes this even weirder to me is the incredibly high percentage of people that they have now on their main roster that have all come up through NXT. Mm-hmm. And like going through the whole NXT and through their developmental system, like, isn't this something that they're already supposed to take care of? As far as like, either you can do a promo or you're with somebody who can do a promo. As far as like either tag team or a manager or something. And so then why are we still at this like weird little baby level where we're having to be like, here's your little promo, memorize all the words on it. And it's like, no, motherfucker. Like if you're, if you've graduated up to the level of being a pro fucking wrestler, do your fucking promo. Like it just, it's so like, are we going to start having fucking people come out and hold people during matches to make sure that they do their moves correctly? Are we going to have the coaches out there? (laughs) Like what the fuck? And I think Vince's excuse always stems from that he has to answer to the shareholders, which is fair in the sense that, like, you brought up the whole Lucha Things thing. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. when you have to... When you have a responsibility to someone to put on a good product, Mm -hmm. yes, you want this kind of safety net, so to speak, Mm -hmm. with the writers. But then you also have to be able to go okay, sometimes we need to let the talent go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, either, like, let the talent go or, um, you know, like, just change up their character in some way. Like, because even if you can't, are you saying, were were you saying let go is in fire or let go is in, like, just let them go with the promo and see what happens? Let them go with the promo, no. Okay. Yeah, so, like, yeah, you just kind of, like, let them go. Or if if they're just somebody who fucking cannot get it together as far as a promo or something, try and work on that shit outside of like during the rest of the week until they're fucking able to do it on stage and if that's never going to work and they're still a good wrestler put them with a manager or something like it's i'd like putting making a guy like roman reigns or braun Strowman or all these other fucking dudes who don't need to talk that much and then just giving them these weird fucking scripted promos that are just making them talk way too much and just say random stupid shit that clearly is something that their character wouldn't say like, mm-hmm. fucking Roman Reigns suffering succotash, half the fucking reason that the audience turned on Reigns is because he got shoved down our throats, and the other half is because the writers fucked him in the ass. Like, they gave him horrible shit for a long time. Yeah, but at a certain point, I so it is known, though, like, Jericho has said that certain top guys do get leniency with their promos. Mm-hmm. So, that could have also been a Roman Reigns call. Man, well, if, if his call was suffering succotash, then that's that's the most disturbing Roman Reigns news I've ever heard. <laughs> um, but, actually, you know, you pointing out that thing about Jericho reminded me of something else I'd read just recently. Did you see there were some comments from uh, McIntyre? And he was talking about kind of like his aim and coming back into WWE and how much he wants to kind of like whip the rest of the roster back into shape by basically yeah. just really driving home the point that's like, look, you guys need to step up because there are a shitload of people down at NXT and on the independent scene who want your spots. And if you're not yeah. going to like step up to the plate, then they're going to come and they're going to take your spots. And, you know, maybe, maybe we just need a little bit more of that fucking attitude in the locker room and flush that because like, yeah, that's kind of the question I always have back and forth, right? It's like, how much is this management and how much is this talent? 
Yeah, like, and we never know. It's always shrouded in this club mystery. But that's mm-hmm. interesting because I recently saw an article about Cena is that Cena said he's upset about the complacency in the locker room again. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's talked about that before. Let me follow this link. Yeah, um, I, I can't remember what he said this time. I'm not sure if I've looked up the specifics yet. Um, but I remember at least <laughs> I remember at least one point in the past I remember him complaining about it and shit and i i felt like some of the things that he was saying were valid criticisms but at the same time i feel like i don't know it, it's hard for me sometimes to take cena's perspective seriously because he's had such a giant silver spoon in his mouth ever since he became the chosen one that it's like it's hard for it's hard for his perspective to be reflective of reality as far as like his ideas concerning what amount of effort you need to put forward versus like then you'll get pushed because it was like, you know, he was kind of there. But you also have to remember that he was also almost fired multiple times before his push. No, true. I mean, that that's like, I think his career basically before, basically, hmm, what would be a good date to put on it? Maybe until about 2008, because that's when people started to get sick of him, right? Right around 2008 or so? Around that time, I want to say. So pre that, all right, like, you know. He fucking did have to earn his spot because after Lesnar left, they were looking for somebody to fill that void, and Cena was doing a pretty damn good job, so they plugged him in. But once they fucking plugged him in, and then he was in like he was doing the same shit for a really long time, and the audience was fucking sick of it. So when he talks about how it's like, oh well, you know, all you need to do is just fucking work hard and bust your ass and you'll get the push, and it's like, dude, you were fucking sucking dick for damn near a decade, as far as like being a good wrestler and you still got pushed to the fucking moon and back. So, you know, his perspective on when and how you get pushed is kind of wrong sometimes. Cause he tries to use his own story as a reference point. His own reference point is like completely off from the norm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So apparently it was the, it it's happened before was, with his promo with AJ from 2016, mm-hmm. where he said, like, you'll go wrestle somewhere else. Like, I, I'll only work for WWE. And it was all about Daniel Bryan saying, like, well, yeah, I've been fired before. I had to wrestle somewhere else. Like, Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, he, he's super privileged and he doesn't get it. Which is how most privilege works, right? Yeah. You know, you don't really understand it because you're in it. Um, as said by a white man, <laughs> uh, privilege, but, what privilege, what privilege, man? No, it's, I don't even let's, this is not the political podcast. This is the pro wrestling podcast. Um, but yeah, Cena and his pushing privileges. Um, I do think, well, you know what? I wanted to get your perspective on this. Another thing that is just interesting this week, as far as like who's at the top and who's getting pushes and things like that. Roman Reigns mm-hmm. was not on raw this week. What do you make of this? Was he home for some type of family thing? Um, what I heard? From, from what I heard, as far as the rumor was, he just like had the whole week off, so I don't know if he was just on vacation or some shit like that. But yeah. But yeah, hey. just, I don't know. It came out of nowhere, and no I, matter what it was for, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So maybe taking him off TV. Mm-hmm. I know it's only probably going to be this week, but maybe taking him off for a while, see how the audience reacts. Yeah, I mean, it it can't hurt, right? At this point, no. Oh no, definitely not. But yeah, <laughs> you I, had people leaving a pay per view. Yeah, people because fucking he was leaving in a the pay per view in the main event. Man, that was fucking bad. And yeah, and he's just set up to fucking fight Jinder Mahal at uh, Money in the Bank. I don't think anybody's gonna give a shit about that. Um, but like, part of me would really like to think that his absence this week is part of some sort of experiment that maybe they're wondering. It's like, all right, could we do raw without Roman Reigns? Like, could we have Braun Strowman or somebody else be the top baby face? Let's just see how it goes for a week. I mean, Strowman definitely like, I mean, it's, it's beyond obvious, right? Like a fucking blind person could see this. Especially after this week, too. Like, you know, he was out there fucking smashing everybody. The crowd was going nuts every time he came out. Like, people love some 
Braun Strowman. Like people love it. I mean, he's he's a very likable guy. He's a very likable guy, and he's very fucking pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, actually, do you want to know what I like about him the most? Is like on the few podcasts he's done. Like he was on Jericho's, I think. Um, he may have been on Austin's. Like he just sounds like a guy you could get a beer with. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and he sounds like a guy like, that I would totally want to get a beer with. Yep. And that's the way like Austin was, which is why he got so popular. Mm-hmm. Is that you know what? Is that maybe the real abstract thing that makes a babyface in pro wrestling? Is it's like if you're a guy that I want to go get a beer with, you're a babyface. Yes. Who's oh? Someone said that. That someone's like ruled like babyfaces should be. You want to be friends with them, mm-hmm. and heels are you hate because you can't be them or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those are the best heels because, like, a, yeah. the truly best heels are ones that are actually better in some sort of way. Yeah. Or, like, have a point to what they're saying. Like, there's a little little kernel of truth in their lies. Because if somebody just says something that's completely ridiculous, then it's like, all right, well, who fucking cares? But, like, if somebody says something that's biting and true, but at the same time shitty and a little bit false, then that's even worse. Like, um, hmm. I'm trying to think. Ooh, you know what? I was just looking at my notes here to try and find something. And Mm. I needed to bring up one of the most amazingly huge illogical consistencies, which I would like to consult the WWE writing staff and be like, all right, how did this pass any of your writing notes? Uh... (laughs) Like, Nia Jax is just a straight-up bully now. Like, she went literally from one storyline where her whole gimmick was that she is not going to be bullied anymore, and she's anti-bullying, and now she goes straight into the storyline where she's, I'm a bully now. Well, that that's the fault of the booker, which is Vince, I would say. Because she went from winning the title from Alexa Bliss to her, well... Uh, she defended against Bliss once, right? Um, yeah. Yep. So defended against Bliss once, and then immediately jumps into a storyline with the top woman baby face of the company. <laughs> <sighs> like, oh wait, what? <laughs> this is this is so weird and being executed so shittily. Um, I really don't know what to make of all this. I at least I didn't mind the Nia Ronda segment this week. Yeah, like I I liked the idea of it. Um, yes, I think. Like if you if you took that and isolated it and moved it down the timeline to like a point at which Nia had naturally turned heel, mm-hmm. and then and then you showed me that clip, like, oh, Nia's naturally turned heel, and then and now. She, Ronda's challenging her for the title and you showed me that clip, I'd be like, makes perfect sense. Great. Mm-hmm. Loved it. But right now it's it's so contrasting to what's been going on. Yeah, like it's 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 so contrasting to what's been going on and there's been no adequate reason for why it's been happening. And then I don't know, just even on top of that too, like I felt like the execution of it was really fucking weird too. Like Ronda Rousey's still having a little trouble kind of figuring out like how to stand naturally mm-hmm. during promo segments. Like she always, she gets very statuesque. Like she's like, all right, I'm going to get my pose. Hold on. All right. I'm hold, in the my, pose. Hold, hold the pose. Hold the pose. Hold the pose. <laughs> Five second pose. <laughs> and then, you know, that combined with then Nia Jax, like all of a sudden have to do this like drastic fucking character shift and not really figuring it out yet. And still being green, right? Like Nia's yeah. not that like, I, I've, she's gotten way better mm-hmm. than she was in NXT. Don't get me wrong, but she's still not at the level yet to carry someone like Ronda. Yeah, definitely not to carry somebody brand new like that, right? Yeah. Like, I, I would even say Charlotte or Becky or anyone would have, like, a difficult time with that. Ronda's very green. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, because, like, outside of... Yeah, we really pretty much only saw her have the match at WrestleMania. And that was a very gimmicky sort of match. Like, that was very story-driven. Yeah, like, she was one quarter of that match. There was the other three quarters that 
are experienced in the ring. Like, Stephanie, yes, isn't a ring prowess, mm-hmm. but she's at least been in the ring before, so... Mm. Yeah, so it's 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 a really weird situation all around. Um, yeah. I'm still getting the f- very heavy impression, though, that Ronda's getting this title, like, immediately. Is that what you're feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling that, too, and it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't understand their need to push her like this. Our idea of having Ronda in the tag team with Natty would have just worked so much better. Yeah, I mean, that would have been a really nice, like, a much smoother progression in, right? Because not only does she then get, you know, that easing into the waters as far as, like, a tag team thing, but then also from, like, a comfort level, she's got someone there to kind of bounce off of and become Mm. more natural in front of people as far as a character. And And she's already apparently been training with Natty, so there's uh, an extra level of comfort. Exactly that, exactly that personal connection. And, like, if you at some point wanted to, like, I don't know, turn her heel or introduce the horsewomen, then you've got, like, a natural somebody for her to turn against. Like, you just, mm-hmm. there are more options. So, I don't know. And it's just, Daddy's it's a great teammate and opponent for people. Like, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. It's just, they're rushing this so much. Do you think, I don't, I don't know. Vince is so impatient, though, that maybe this was it. Do you think that this is some part in the, into the idea that like all right they brought ronda they brought ronda in and Mm -hmm. like i from what i hear she's already doing pretty well as far as merch numbers and stuff like that helping them make some money but like do you think that their ideas with how much money they've paid her she isn't making them enough money yet so it's like all right we need to make her the champion now so that it'll make us even more money like we need to i don't think money isn't money's not an issue anymore they've got a billion dollars coming in from both shows now. Yeah. I mean, but like maybe, maybe with somebody like Rhonda, is it a special, it is a special case though. Cause I mean, I don't know exactly how much she's getting paid obviously, but I would imagine it's quite a lot and probably more than any of the other women. I'm sure. But so maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, if this I'm be sure true, actually, think, go ahead. If, if you want to think outside of just storyline, mm-hmm. I think Rhonda's, helped get that Fox deal or, or the mm-hmm. NBC uh, renew. Cause I'm sure she's one. I think she's probably had some kind of effect on you're right. Like merch sales, maybe network buys. I'm not sure, but I'm sure at least the ratings have been a huge help. You know what? Actually you mentioned the whole thing with Fox cause that's, they're getting SmackDown and she's on raw right now, but they're not supposed to be, moving to Fox until fall of next year. Is that right? Next fall. Yeah, I was going to say, we were talking about mm-hmm. we might have to make some changes this fall, but then I realized, yeah, it's not until next fall. So yeah, we're good. Because then, then if it's next fall, then yeah, maybe even part of the deal, maybe this is some really long-term booking deals that it's like, all right, well, if, if we want to get Fox, then we want Ronda Rousey. So the next year, Ronda will have to draft over to SmackDown. And then if that's the case, like, do you think maybe they're trying to get like a lengthy title reign in for her on Raw before she goes over. So and that could like propel the storyline of like, all right, we need to get the title on her sooner because the plan now is to move her over to SmackDown next year. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe that could be even part of the plans or something. Especially because, like, yeah, I mean, because I'm very, very much heavily theorizing that someone from the Raw side is going to be winning money in the bank for the women. And then if you want to try, for example, to get like a Ronda Rousey title reign in that ends with like, say, for example, potentially Alexa Bliss getting the money in the bank briefcase and cashing it in, then you would need to like, I guess, get started on it now or soon. Yeah, it's possible. Um... But that's that's very much down the road. I don't think that's where. Yeah, at. I can't wrap my head around that right now. <laughs> I feel like I feel like their idea for pushing Ronda so fast is just their constant it's it's their constant fault right like they get in love with somebody that they want to push and then they just push them straight to the fucking moon and that's it yeah it's like actually to compare this to a real world scenario so my girlfriend and i are buying a condo Mm -hmm. and like my dad was saying how he was like the condo is is livable right now he was like so don't rush to fix every little thing right away like budget out your time and money Mm -hmm. for like okay in a couple weeks we'll do this and then we'll save up enough for this and fix that and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like WWE is like, no, we have to fix everything now. Like, No, they're like, we don't have to fix anything now. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll buy another condo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have two condos. <laughs> and they'll both be live. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that worked out so well. That took so many turns. <laughs> and We're managing this one so well. Let's get a second one. <laughs> And then we'll have this developmental one, but it'll turn into an actual <laughs> one. Yeah, we, we're going to buy up this apartment building and turn it into houses or something. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Did, oh, did you hear that rumor today, speaking about the Fox deal, that NXT could possibly air on, like, Fox Sports? Oh, I hadn't heard that. That's yeah, cool. like the, F, the FS1 channel. Hmm. Well, that'd be Possibly. It's, it's rumored right now. It's not definite, yeah. but yeah. But yeah, and then even if, because like even if that's not going to be happening like right away with SmackDown, maybe that'd be something that could happen over time. Like if SmackDown does well, mm-hmm. then maybe they'll be like, all right, cool. Hey, what else do you got? NXT, two hundred five live, British stuff. Fuck it. Yeah, I mean maybe. that's what happened with the UFC. UFC signed on with Fox, and it was for a certain amount of shows. And then as the deal grew, it was like, okay, what else can you give us? And what else? And it's always, uh, what's that phrase? Like, what more can you give? Mm-hmm. Do you think that they would ever even do anything as far as like their back catalog stuff on like the network, as far as like either putting out like specials or, uh, or even like the sideshow stuff like Legends House and shit like that? Do you think that they would ever try to put something like that on another network? I mean, if the network asks for it, mm-hmm. that's definitely something they would have to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I, I was always questioning when ES, ESPN recently came out with their streaming service. It's called like ESPN Plus or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so when there was rumors that ESPN would pick up SmackDown or something like that, I was like, I'm not sure because I was like, they probably are looking for a lot of content for this streaming service. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with WWE, yes, it's nice to get that live program of SmackDown, but mm-hmm. they would also be looking for the back catalog and the WWE wants that for their own network. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they would do something like, yeah, we're going to air the Andre the Giant special tonight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or maybe they would do more of those like documentary style. Just one shot thing things like, oh, we'll re-air WrestleMania from last year. Because mm-hmm. NBC used to do that when they would get into like a lull of a lot of shows aren't doing new episodes right now and mm-hmm. they want to get the ratings up. They would throw like WrestleMania, like an a really edited version of WrestleMania, but they would throw mm-hmm. that up for like one night. That's cool. Yeah, so maybe they would do some some more of that shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been more rumors too, right? As far as like with um, SmackDown going over to Fox, that like Fox is going to be trying to like hype this up a little bit more and uh, even promote this on some of their like sports stuff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. True. They've got if if they're gonna the rumor right now is that they would be live on Fridays. Um, you've got Thursday night football the night before. That gets huge audience every week. Yeah. So that would be, I mean, that'd be great exposure. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting times in the world of wrestling. Like it's 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 really crazy. Um, it's you know, like it, it's getting back to that mainstream level, but like not quite. Do you get that feeling? Yeah, it's it's very interesting because it's. You know, Cody Rhodes actually said something very interesting recently. He was saying that, you know, it's it's no longer. Um, I'm trying to remember how he said it. It was like it's no longer a a war for exposure or something like that. Or maybe now it is a war. Basically, he was just talking about how like the wrestling world has changed now, and basically the way that it's changed is because now it is so much easier to access all the different wrestling that's out there. Because before, one of the reasons that WWE had the huge advantage is because it was so much harder to watch anything else. But then now, with how easy everything is to access on the internet, you, know, you can watch WWE, you can watch ROH, you can watch New Japan, you can watch a shitload of fucking indies like very easily from your computer or your I phone. mean, there, there's the smallest of the small indies now have like a streaming service somehow. Yeah, it, like it's insane. Like all these people are, it's... Yeah, like that, that part of the business has opened up. So then now... Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's one of those things. It's a little bit more of a slow burn, but it's it's just completely changing that industry. So then now it's 
it's able to flourish a lot more now because there's a lot more types of wrestling that can flourish because it's a lot easier to get exposure. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, like I think it is able to start coming back into that golden, or golden age a little bit. But I think for it to get to that next step, it would have to be like the overall culture's perspective on pro wrestling would have to change. Which right now, I feel like most people, when they conceptualize wrestling, they're still thinking about the 80s or the 90s. Yes. And especially like that, having a show like Glow out there probably doesn't help that, for example. But <laughs> I love Glow anyway, so I can't blame it. Season two, coming soon. Coming soon. But yeah, I don't know. What's your thoughts on the changing world of pro wrestling right now? It's interesting. It's it's nice to be able to... I've noticed recently, actually, within the past couple of weeks, like a lot of people telling me, like, oh, yeah, I, I still watch wrestling and stuff like that. And people I would, would not expect. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of seems like it's growing more and more. Um, people like hearing about something going on in wrestling as if it's mm-hmm. like actual news. <laughs> like that's been steadily growing. So. It's weird because, like, I came in at a time, I started watching towards the end of the Attitude Era when it started becoming, like, oh, you still watch that? Like, kind of, mm-hmm. was the question. Yeah, you and came so, in right at the end of when people cared about it. Yeah. And so, for me, it was always like, oh, I kind of I've kind of hid my fandom. I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like that stuff, but I'm not going <laughs> to advertise it. Like... And so now that it's coming back into the mainstream a little bit more, it's it's nice. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? I, I think also to an extent, too, like probably one of the things that's helped is the fact that like a lot of different nerd culture things have been coming more and more into the mainstream over the last few decades. Well, that's, that's actually for the last decade, I would say, at least. Because like, oh, I yeah, mean, look at the fucking biggest movies out there right now. They're the fucking superhero movies. Mm hmm. Like when I was a kid, I was dreaming that that shit would ever happen. And I like if I told myself. Like, 15, 20 years ago, like, this shit's going to happen? Like, no way. That'd be amazing. Which has always been interesting, right? Because, like, Star Wars has been a hit the whole time. But, like, some other science fiction and, you're right, these superhero movies never were. Like, so there's always been that weird, like, separation of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings, huge hit. But, like, other things still struggling around that time. Like... Mm-hmm. yeah exactly so it's, it's it's very interesting how these sorts of things kind of develop because right like before like, before that as far as like a i don't know, just to delve back into movies here for a second as far as like what do we have as far as like superhero movies before like the whole mcu started like the best thing we had before that was like the spider-man movies spider-man and x-men yeah and like those weren't really that great i mean spider-man the first one and one. two i thought those were yeah. pretty good Wait, Spider-Man threw his dog shit. None of those X-Men movies were really that good. First one was kind of good. Yeah, it's like it was okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that third one was fucking garbage. Um, the second one, I guess, was okay. I'm trying to remember some yeah. specifics of it, but. But then yeah. you had to wait for these popular ones to come around to like rewrite the story of. Yeah, those other ones didn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, yeah, it's like it. I guess it, like it really only takes like one or two sort of things to really change the perspective on it, right? Because like right once then Iron Man came out, then it was like the shit was just everybody was on board, like, yeah. Right away, and it was I don't remember like a slow transition either. Do you? No, I remember, not, yeah, like seeing Iron Man and just being like, "Yes, I'm on this." And then like mm-hmm. that one ended with the the end credit scene, that, like after the credits was Nick Fury showing up and talking about the Avengers. And so then all of a sudden it was just like, yes, all these Marvel movies are going to be great. Like, yeah. And like, they've definitely, I think, you know, for the most part, been pretty damn good. There have been some mm-hmm. slips in here and there, but like, yeah, maybe, maybe it would take just like one really great big wrestling event that somehow changes people's minds about it or something. Like all in. I mean, I would love for it to be something like all in, <laughs> but I don't, you know what? I mean, fuck it. Maybe it is. Maybe all in is all it's gonna take, and then Fuck somehow it, like why just not? from yep. I mean not not that it's gonna be like all in happens, and then like all of a sudden those guys are gonna be selling out like hundred thousand seat arenas every other week. It's not like something like that, but I'm talking about like the 
one of those things where like 20 years from now when people are making like a documentary about uh. this period that maybe all in would be that thing where they're like see and you, there's like this build up of steam and people are getting very interested in wrestling again and then all in happens and then then the shit really changes <laughs> i'm imagining like that like the big bang like <laughs> <laughs> all these gases and planets came together then boom and then all these smarks got together and jizzed, and it just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> and wrestling was cool again. <laughs> you know what? Maybe they just need to take advantage of all the uh, like the social media climate right now, and have uh, like Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Like, all right, here's here you go. Here's the pitch. Mm. Kenny Omega wins the New Japan title, the IWGP Heavyweight Title off of Okada. And then okay. makes out with Kota Ibushi right on stage. Like, just straight up open mouth, make the fuck out. Live sex celebration 2.0. <laughs> That'll make headlines and show. Wrestling is so cool. It's advanced. We're into gay stuff. It's the new era of wrestling. <laughs> We've accepted these things. Yeah. Oh, We're man. Just, yep. And if you well, and there you go, and here's the other thing. And if you don't like wrestling now, you're a homophobe. <laughs> so you have to like wrestling now, otherwise you're a bad person. Well, unless you take Ambien, then you're a racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Oh my god, Roseanne. Uh, I did not think we were going to be talking about her tonight. <laughs> I just I had to get that one in there. <laughs> that was good. Oh, that was good. Thank you. <laughs> Ambient. But that's you into ooh. a secret racist. All right. That that actually brings up a very good point that, that that this would be good to discuss. So if you look at the situation that just happened to Roseanne, mm -hmm. are you scared of wrestling reaching that height where just one little thing can come like have the whole thing come crashing down? Oh shit! You know what? No. Because Enzo just had those rape allegations, and everybody's fine. Except That's for Enzo. True. But he just put out a rap video. Yeah. That was not great, but lyrically it was good. Yeah, I mean, it. if he's just um, writing a promo, mm -hmm. say, it works. Yeah. But, like, him singing it, rapping it, yeah. <laughs> no like i would not go pay to see him rap no i would go pay to see him cut a promo before a match or something but uh yeah i i've paid multiple times to see donald glover <laughs> rap yeah and i will continue to do so <laughs> <laughs> but not not the real one no um but yeah i, I don't know it would be hard you know if vince mcmahon did something like if he got i don't know caught uh I don't know, like shoving bombs up hookers' asses or something. Like, I could, I could see something going on. Like, maybe wrestling would really take a big nosedive and it would be like a really dirty word to be into it again if, like, Vince got caught doing something. It wouldn't have to be bombs and hookers' asses. He could just, I don't know, uh, say that he hates gay people or something. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's the equivalent thing now of like doing something really horrendous is you just you say something stupid and then you're apparently then the worst me. person that's ever existed although on that uh specific front of like being gay or not gay i will appreciate that this week in nxt i feel like they're developing a little bit more of this idea that velveteen dream definitely is gay as a character uh, in what way well i mean i guess he could have been fucking with ricochet but when he said like uh, when I see your face at TakeOver, your beautiful face. Oh. Uh, yeah, see, like, I, guess I guess I just don't notice that it. stuff anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Whatever you're into, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it. I mean, it's not that, like, I care that he's gay or not, but just... I don't, no, no, no. I oh, no, that, sorry. Like, from a... Did not mean for it to come off. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Maybe this is too... I don't know. I guess I'm just going to say what I'm going to say, and it doesn't matter how it comes across. I think right. it's nice that they can have a character who just is gay and he can just still also be a competent wrestler and be a character. Right. Like, like this actually comes up back to movies again, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
we just had Solo come out, and I I haven't seen it yet, but uh, there's the reports that Lando Calrissian is a pansexual, and I mm. saw this one tweet, and sense. I had, yeah, and I hadn't <laughs> thought about it, but what I what I liked that they were like, okay, if you're gonna keep saying this stuff that like Dumbledore was gay and Lando is a pansexual and so and so is this and whoever is that. Put that in the movie. Yeah. Right? And, like... Because uh, apparently it's not referenced at all in Solo. It's just, like, somewhat inferred, I guess. Hmm. But... And so that's what I like about what you just pointed out. That mm-hmm. don't draw attention to it, but at least have the context in there. Right. Have the context in there so that it's not ambiguous. Like, we know one way or the other. Hmm. But that it's also not a giant deal. Yeah. Like, actually, you know what? Um, Have you seen Deadpool 2 yet? Yes. I also thought it was really great the way that they handled the whole, like, um, like acknowledging... Oh, sure. What's her phrase? Negasonic. Negasonic teenage warhead. Head. Her and her relationship with Yukio. It was just like, whatever. They're gay. Hi, Yukio. Hi, Wade. Yeah. All right. We're moving on. <laughs> like, that was perfect. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, actually, I mean, we won't have to go into this too much, but I also loved his handling of, like, the potentially gay interaction with uh, Deadpool and Colossus. Like, that I thought was yes. well done as well. Because mm-hmm. that also was not a huge defining part of either of their characters, but it's also just a part of their character. Yeah. And it was just like, this is normal. Right. Continue with the movie. <laughs> I guess to, to say a different way, I think what we're both trying to say is, we find it annoying when, like, say, for example if a character's black or if a character's gay or something like that, and then that's the entirety of their character. Yes. Like, it's like, oh, my character is the thing that makes me different from being just, like, a heteronormative white man. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, in the same shit with, like, a lot of different fiction with, like, a female character is basically, oh, all their characteristic is that they are a female. Yeah. I've gotten into this argument recently, actually, in social situations Mm-hmm. Where people have said said stuff like that, where they pointed out they're like, "Oh well, he's gay and he did this," and I was just like, "No, no, no! You did not have to point out that he was gay. That had no effect on the the second part of your statement." Right. He's just a guy. That's it. Like. <laughs> yep. Exactly. People first. Labels second. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> getting on my soapbox or something um oh you know what here's a soapbox i know we can both get on a little bit thank god for seth rollins the not stupid baby face yes that like some asshole attacks him with a chair in the middle of a match and what does he do he grabs a chair and hits the motherfucker back (laughs) like thank god seth rollins thank you (laughs) didn't didn't just fall down and take the chair shots didn't run away right Oh, thank you. Thank you, Seth Rollins, <laughs> for defying stupid babyface syndrome. <laughs> um, speaking of the stupid babyface syndrome, because we seem to have it uh, with AJ Styles and the Nakamura feud, mm-hmm. do you think we finally get the cup spot in this last man standing match? It's hard to say, man, at this point. Um... You know what? I'm going to say that they probably do because I, with how many times we've seen the visual of like Nakamura got the 10 count on Styles and then he got it on Dillinger, mm-hmm. I don't think that Nakamura is winning the title. No. And, and same thing with uh, they're really trying to sell his knee. And so I mm-hmm. I think he may try to knee Nakamura, knee AJ in the nuts and AJ blocks it with the cup. And then, like, Nakamura's knee is, like, somehow hurt by this. I guess. Or just, like, if his leg is injured in general, can he not deliver the knee? Mm. Would that be the idea? Yeah. Like, if, like, like if he breaks his shin, he can't walk, run on it, so he can't do the knee? AJ, like, drops him leg first on, like, the announce table or something like that. Mm. There you go. Um, but then, in connection with that feud... Uh, mm. Did you hear that the rumors that uh, 
Gargano and Champa was supposed to be a, a last man standing match that same weekend. But then mm-hmm. when the writing for Nakamura AJ headed towards last man standing, NXT had to go back and change it to of oh, street right. fight. Yeah, I'd heard that. And that, that makes sense. It's like, I guess it's, it's unfortunate, right? Because I guess between the two, I really feel like uh, Gargano and Champa deserves it more. Yes, it makes more sense for them. It also makes more sense, correct. Because, um, like, at this point, what else are they going to have? The only other match I could see them having is, like, a Hell in a Cell. Yeah, honestly, like, if... Yeah, that would be the only thing more intense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Like, right? Like, it, it, <laughs> fucking Inferno match at this point. Like. <laughs> Death match. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it, and honestly, too, like, the way that they've been booking the whole Nakamura and AJ Styles feud, like, it should have just ended at the hardcore match. Yeah. But, um, you know, they didn't do that either. So, yeah, I, I, Gargano and Champ will be fine. They'll put together some fucking magic. I'm excited. I'm sure. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate when that happens, right? That they just kind of had to change their shit because of, uh, the main roster. But, yeah, I don't know. Nakamura's gonna have to, like, kill somebody really quick after he fucking doesn't win this title. Otherwise, he's going to look bad coming out of this. Yep. You know what? I'd be very okay with him having a feud with Daniel Bryan. I think that's probably the smartest move. Yeah, at least that, that could help him recover, right? Yeah, because it's like, all right, if you're if you're not going to have the title, then at least have a feud with the most over babyface. And I also, as long as they do something with AJ taking out the knee or maybe wearing a cup and that disrupts nakamura's mm-hmm. nut shot or something like that and then nakamura loses i'm a little bit more okay with that because at least storyline it makes sense yeah right because like from a from like a circular st- storytelling perspective like this story should end if aj styles is going to keep the title it should end with him wearing a cup yeah and that you know counters nakamura's kicking him in the nuts and then he's able to capitalize and win and win the yeah. match so, uh, and then it's like, all right, done. Move on to the next thing. Have a great feud with like Daniel Bryan or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like Daniel Bryan. We've got Samoa Joe right there. We've got um, Randy Orton in the wings. We've got Rusev hanging around. We've got Miz. There's a lot of guys. A lot of guys you could have a good feud with. So, yeah, I think this will. I think this is probably the end for old him and Shinsuke. Mm-hmm. About time, actually. And it's it's so sad too, right? Because like they just like it should have been feud of the year, like. Yeah, but then they had like two draw matches. They had three matches Count. within a month. They fought, and then after having three matches with three matches within a month at three separate pay per views, then they had uh, just a random match on SmackDown to determine their stipulation for another match. Like, I don't know why they decided to just bury this match into the ground, but they did. And it's like, it's honestly kind of amazing, right? That like, either one of them are even as over as they are coming out of this right now. Don't you Mm -hmm. think? Yeah. Because I feel like this is just a, a weird disservice. Like, it is still a good idea. I'm glad they turned Nakamura heel. Yes. But. It's definitely made it way more interesting than it could have been. Yeah, one. I think he's become a more interesting character, right? Because now he's completely free to be a total weirdo. Mm-hmm. Because now he doesn't have to be worrying about, like, oh, well, I can only be a weirdo in a way that'll get me cheered. Now he's like, I can just be fucking weird. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. But then every once in a while, I just have to do, like, a few heinous things to make people boo me. <laughs> just keep that in there. Yeah, well, because it's like, I don't know, I think there's, we've talked about this before, people have natural inclinations. Yes. And I feel like Nakamura is one of those guys that can definitely play both, but already I can definitely kind of see, like, I feel like he's a better heel overall. And actually, you know what, on that on that same note, as far as people who are better over as heels, I was thinking about Roman Reigns the other day, and I realized, and I'm not sure if I've made this analogy before to you, but like, Roman Reigns is definitely the next Randy Orton. 
mm-hmm. and that he's a guy who's come in, he got in the door because of his name, and he got pushed up the card really fast because he's got good natural athleticism and a good look. He's not great on the mic, and he's a far better heel than he is a babyface. Mm. Like, he's basically a copy of Randy Orton, just Samoan. But at least I've enjoyed Randy Orton a little bit more. Like, overall? Or, like, specifically as a babyface? As either. Hmm. I don't know. It's hard, man. Because I, dude, I am so convinced. If Roman Reigns turned heel, my God, he would be one of the best heels of all time, I think. I think he could be legendarily good. Because he is such a natural fucking douchebag. Like, he could do it. I think he could be a better heel than Randy Orton has ever been. Because I think there's like a certain level of like, because Randy Orton, part of his heel character is he's got this like weird psychopathy, like psychopathy going on, which yeah. like, it's like, okay, I, I get it, but like, I don't know if I fully buy it. But like part of Randy or part of Roman Reigns' true heeldom is total apathy. And that's mm-hmm. legit. I buy that 100%. That he doesn't give a fuck about anybody or anything other than himself and his family. Like, I buy it 100%. His heel character is real. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, but he has to actually go full heel for me to... And I think that's how he goes full heel. He just stops giving any level of a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even going to bother talking to you, audience, because guess what? I don't give a fuck about you. So, no promo. Also... I don't give a fuck about this guy. I'm not going to let him have his full entrance or like, I'm not going to respect him during the match. I'm just going to beat him into oblivion. Like just let him be an utterly reprehensible piece of shit. Who's literally just like, Hey, I don't give a fuck about you guys. Are you signing my paycheck? No, shut the fuck up. Who the hell do I have to beat the, you know, who do I have to, have to beat up the cash check around here? Like he's just there to make his money and he's there to go home. Yeah. I th- but we, the we thing are, is like, until he, does that fully i enjoy orton more yeah that's true yeah because i'm i'm thinking too much in the (laughs) the potential future where vince mcmahon sees the light because like and not reality in the ring orton is a much better wrestler i would say i'd say a little bit better but reigns is actually pretty damn good he's he's got a lot better well orton's just so smooth that's what i always look at like Mm mm-hmm that's true. Orton is definitely smoother. He's more technically sound, but I feel like Reigns is more like intense. He can have a better hardcore match than Randy can. Like between some of the matches he's had, like Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman and stuff like that, like he can have a really good brawl. Yeah. Just not with Lesnar. But then again, who can? Lesnar sucks dick. He's so bad. I can't even understand why he has the contract he has. But I won't go into complaining about him today. (laughs) Even though he's about to become like the longest reigning champion in modern history and doesn't deserve a lick of it. Because he hasn't defended that title. Oh, really? I didn't even thought about that. Yeah. Hey, once, once he gets to his next defense, he's already beat Punk. And when was the last time he defended the title? Back at WrestleMania? Oh, yeah, when was the last time before that? Like, Royal Rumble? Man, this guy's never around. Uh, Technically, greatest Royal Rumble, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that shit. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. What else is... Was there anything else important this week? Uh, Not that I can think of. You got anything else? Um, da, 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 da. Ooh. Um, two, two other things. I wanted yeah. to get into one as uh, a little bit of nxt business and then i want to catch up on some new japan because there's one or two really big uh things in the best of super juniors mm-hmm. uh what did you think about the whole nikki cross coming in and like stealing the title away from Shayna baszler at the end of nxt this week i thought it was really well done like it 
scripted. It probably sounded like when R Truth stole the title from Cena, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they pulled it off really well. Yeah, I thought it was a very interesting angle, right? Yeah, to like have her come out. She, I guess those who haven't seen it yet. Yeah, Nikki Cross comes out. She convinces Dana or Dakota Kai to act as like a weird referee for a supposed title match that Shayna doesn't really agree to. But then she mm-hmm. hits her with a finisher, pins her for three seconds, and then runs away with the title. And then starts like taunting her to come back down. And do, like, it's, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was interesting because it's like, it's, it fits her character, right? Like, she's completely batshit. Yeah. And that, like, she would try and use this as like, hey, look, I did legitimately pin the champion to the ground for three seconds and somebody counted it. So that should mean that I'm the champion. But then, like, at the same time, you know, William Regal can obviously come at this and be like, well, that's not how it works. I can understand why you'd think that. but <laughs> That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> it's like, I, like, William Regal, the way they write him is so fucking awesome. And, like, the legit rules of NXT to the point where they even had to have Champa and Gargano. They can't even appear in the NXT building. They had to have contracts signed or sent to them so they can sign yeah. and then return it. Through FedEx. <laughs> Through FedEx because they're so, like, crazy. <laughs> so, I love that. I thought that was awesome. And then, yeah, I thought this was a very cool sort of way to build towards that title match. Because now Shayna Baszler has, like, all right, well, I'm fucking pissed at you for embarrassing me. Like, I've got a reason to fight you now. And it was, like, I don't know. It was just, it was a cute little moment. Because like I don't think that Nikki Cross is going to get the title or anything. Like she'll probably go back up to the main or she'll go up to the main roster before she ever gets the title. But yeah, it was a nice little visual moment of like, hey, we get to see her with the title and see people get excited for it, even though it's never mm. actually going to happen. <laughs> and it's like it. I guess it's one of those things too. Like even though that people like her with her character, it'd be really hard to do a title reign with her. I would think. I think you could. Like, unless they develop some more elements to her character, because, like, she's just so fucking crazy that, I don't know, like, it'd be... I mean, it's not that they couldn't do it, but I'm not sure how they would do it. (laughs) Maybe maybe she would do... um, Maybe with her, you could do, like, an open challenge gimmick where she's just, like, constantly, like, all about wanting to fight and challenge and uh, defend the title. Mm-hmm. That could be kind of cool. Because I don't think... Has any woman ever done that yet? An open challenge? Not that I can think of. Yeah, no woman is as ballsy as Seth Rollins. Doing <laughs> the open challenges on a regular basis. Um, But, I wanted to tell you about a couple of things over on uh, New Japan. Because there was a... One match in particular, definitely go out of your way to look this up if you got some time. Look up Hiromu Takahashi versus Dragon Lee. This was, that was one of the good ones. Oh yeah, it's fucking killer. Like these guys have quite the rivalry going back and forth, mm-hmm. and this is just like another stage in that classic. Like they're just, it's pure Super Juniors action of them just going fucking nuts at each other for like twenty odd minutes. Check it out. I really, there's nothing more to say about it. It's just crazy. Um, I definitely will. Another one to check out, potentially, and this one's really, really short, was uh, Taguchi gets a surprise win over Kushida, pinned him in 90 seconds. Taguchi, Wait, what? The man, Taguchi, the man who hits people with his butt. Yeah. Pinned Kushida in 90 seconds. And a big upset win. So that that uh, was ninety big, seconds, wow, yeah, ninety seconds. It was. I mean, they definitely even played it too. Like it was a fluke. Yeah, like Kushida came into the back. He was like, "Fuck!" Like he caught me. Like I screwed up. I fucked up. Uh-huh. Sort of thing. So yeah, then Taguchi was trying to sell it to. I was like, "How do you know that wasn't my plan?" <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Wouldn't that have been amazing if that was my plan?" <laughs> so I fucking I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, like that's the kind of thing I guess that happens in these big. Uh, round robin tournaments sometimes to like balance out the scores is you have to have these big upset wins because otherwise Kushida would just win every tournament. So <laughs> that's true. You got to have him uh, get beat by Taguchi every once in a while. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, I think that's uh, pretty much going to do... Oh, one last thing. I totally forgot about this for a second. There was the announcement that it all in, because Cody's going to be challenging for the NWA title. Yes. Did you hear the development with that match? That if he wins, he has a shot at the ROH title, right? And if he wins, it'll be a title versus title match. Yep. That if Cody's the ROH champion, it's going to be title versus title. Big development. I mean, that just goes to show you how uh, open ROH and the NWA and all are with working together. That, and it just goes to show you how much Nick Aldis is not winning this match. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I think it would be, I think it's going to end in some kind of chicanery. Yeah, probably. But they'll probably do it well. Well, I it's only if that. it's only if Cody wins the title. True, but I'm I'm like I'm I'm a little bit sad about that thought. Even if the like if Cody is not ROH champion, which I honestly I don't think that he will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but like going into this match against Nick Aldis, like I so desperately want Cody Rhodes to win and become the NWA champion. Mm-hmm. But I. I don't know, there's like this part of my heart and brain that says it's not going to happen. Or at least not yet. Like, it's not going to happen at all in. Like, I think Aldous is going to screw him over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's too early to tell, but that's my thought on it. What do you think? We shall see. <laughs> well, that's true. Hopefully. Hopefully it's going to be on a streaming service. Hopefully. That's I the one thing it. they've been kind of quiet on, and I'm getting you know nervous about. I feel like they're being quiet because they just don't want to announce who it's going to be. Like, they're definitely going to stream with somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd be fucking idiots not to. So, we'll just see who it is. Yeah. All right. So, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, check us out all week on social media. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on basically anywhere you can find podcasts. And check out our Better Birking, Better Booking Bureau. <laughs> the Better Booking Bureau. <laughs> yes, the Better Booking Bureau over on WordPress.com. Check it out. We write cool. better raw. We do. Man, I had a really good one this last week. Gotta check it out. Yeah.